All right. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. tonight. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike D'Lo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that, you know, Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado and Florida beer districts, this is the Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on planet Earth and has been downloaded many times all over planet Earth. We are on air, on demand, and we are heard all over planet Earth on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. Before POD sets the table for tonight's show, we've got a very special guest in studio. Wait a minute. She's not here yet, so we'll come back to that later. Okay, POD, what's on the menu tonight? Uh, We may have a guest in studio. We'll see how the construction in Colorado is going. See? Um, It looks like we have an audio clip, a missive from Zoner. Yeah. We also have an, an audio clip from Fidget. From a hike that she did with a 12 year old which is really good this we've, that sounds interesting i'm not gonna yeah, lie yeah we've got our trail of the month um we got our donors i got my teeth cleaned today so i'm looking real white in the teeth uh what else we've got some mailbag items and also we have ask a hiker without delo which is kind of exciting which means the questions are going to be a little more short and there was a last minute sub. It looks like Triple O will be taking over Ask a Hiker this oh, evening. Good. I have an Ask a Hiker oh, question nice. I'm going to ask on the fly. Oh, perfect. Oh, pressure's on. No time to prepare. None. That's right. Should we talk about beer of the month? Sure. So, Trail Show Nation purchased a few um, summertime That's cool. beverages for those of us in Salida, it looks like. Um, I am holding in my hand the Lagunitas daytime ipa and it says partly sunny or partly cloudy half empty or halfway to another sometimes there's still work to be done sometime there's still work to avoid there is freedom in burning down the house of fixed expectations and it confers an undeniable lightness to being at only 98 calories three carbohydrates and 4% ABV daytime IPA represents everything we know about making hop forward beer expressed in a Soto voice. And then it says, call us 707-769-4495. So give them a call. Maybe we should call them. We have a, a hotline message. Mm. Maybe we should play one of our hotline messages over the phone. For, their for Lagunitas? Yeah, yeah. I think that would work. P.O.D., are you drinking a different one? Um, no, I, I'm still finishing my water from my oh, hydration uh, project. Uh, but I wanted okay. to ask you how that one is. How is that one? You when know, you get that one? I've, been, I've been on a mission to sample all these 
sessionable low ABV beverages this summer. And I got to say, this one ranks up pretty high. This is something I would buy again. That's kind of my metric. Would I buy this one again or not? And there have mm -hmm. been a few disappointments in this little experiment I've been conducting, but this one is a success. And I think there's another beer in there, which we'll, we'll, we'll crack that one later and talk about it and see Maybe if I'll it's worthy. Speaking of hotline calls, Triple O, we, we heard a rumor that you might have gotten a few this month. Oh, we got a lot this month. The hotline was hot. It's heating up with summer. Okay, okay. Let's table the hotline for the moment, and we got to get into trail news. Um, well, wait. Um, yeah? Special might want to tell us what he's drinking. Special, where are you? He, he had to cut his video for a second. Okay. Uh, yeah, my, my internet seems to be, uh, I'm getting like that unstable message or whatever. Uh, so I'm yeah. cutting the video to see if that helps. Yeah. Um, I am actually drinking, I, I reached into the uh, the back of the little beer fridge uh, to see what I had on the trail show shelf that I hadn't drank. Ooh. And I found a Sheboygan Brewing Company oh. free love, uh, yourself and your planet, low calorie India pale ale. Wow. Uh, 3.8% by volume, uh, 40 IBUs. And okay. I think I was reading, I think I drank one of these before, but not on the show. Hmm. But I drank some beer that was from the same yeah. brewery, same shipment before that was on the show. I forget. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot of interesting things for me to read on the can, honestly. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, made with local hops, floral, refreshing, citrus, zesty, crisp, floral, citrus, zesty, crisp, made with Michigan local crisp. hops, floral, refreshing. Zesty. Oh, wait, it's a circle. It's going to keep going if I get. Okay. Oh, I was going to yeah, say, I think, it, the, I think the record's on skip. What awesome. about you, Triple O? Um, I just came back from running, so I'm trying to rehydrate. Triple O and I are on the same hydration like, Florida, Florida like has a very planet. small window of times you can run without dying right now. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, Colorado, Colorado's right there, dude. We're gonna be at 95 Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here in Salida, and I bet Boulder's gonna be similar. Ooh. It's rough, well, man. but no humidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like I jumped. Sounds in a like pool a weak excuse, it. man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just saying. I I abstained from uh, from prescription opioids so that I could drink on the show tonight. And <laughs> Ooh, after my after true. my sinus surgery, that's I figured. True. And we want to update you know, on that later, mm -hmm. Spesh. We need to. We need all the deets between you and Dilo, man. You guys are keeping the surgeons, you know keeping them in business yeah well let's go to trail but d trail yeah news? we can do that ladies and gentlemen tonight we have trail news with special 41 here it is uh let's see so i'm gonna lead with a pretty sad story and when i say pretty sad that's kind of an understatement uh there was a an ultramarathon in China oh, yeah. and um, severe weather ended up coming in, uh, I guess, rather unexpectedly. And uh, 21 runners lost their lives. Uh, I haven't seen any additional updates. I don't think that that number has come up since then from like post uh, injury or whatever. 
but uh, yeah, apparently they started it and uh, a lot of people were just wearing, you know, shorts and t-shirts and didn't really have all the gear that you might think of when you think of like an adventure race or something like that. So that was pretty, there's been some criticisms I'm sure, but uh, bottom line was basically that a lot of people went out to go run a, a hard race and did not end up coming back. So it's a pretty sad day for anybody who likes to go outside and do stuff to read of something like that. Hey, Spesh, uh, so, I, I heard two hmm. things about that incident that I want to see if you've heard. Number one, I heard that all 21 of those people died at mile 12 of that race. And number two, I heard that the nation of China has banned ultra running across the country at this moment as a result of what happened at that race gosh you know the article that i i read about this did not talk about that it could just be a rumor uh, i could be either either of those things so trail trail show news cannot confirm these independent uh okay. reports yeah um so i guess google it just like i do uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty bad. Um, hopefully they really come out of this with like some lesson learned about ways to make sure that people don't die when they're doing these things, especially, I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do to prevent people from dying, given that you're doing something really, really hard and you, you never know if somebody's going to have a heart attack or whatever, but uh, for severe weather to be able to come in and wipe out 21 people is pretty awful. Uh, so anyway, on to uh, another story. We're going to talk about the AT, and they have actually uh, closed some areas in Tennessee uh, for camping restrictions due to uh, aggressive bear activity. Ooh. So this is um, between... Double Springs Shelter, so northbound mile 452, and the Backbone Rock Trail, which is hmm. northbound 465 in, in North Sea. And the app, the ATC like bulletin about this doesn't really say much other than in notice because of aggressive variety, no no camping. Um, and then they say, you know, remember, don't feed or approach bears. Uh, use a bear canister. It's the best way to keep your food uh, anywhere along the AT to keep humans safe and bears wild and safe too, because, you know, they kill the bears if they get into too much trouble, right? So yeah. um, keep the bears safe. So that was just kind of a quick story, quick reminder. Hmm. Bears exist. Wild things exist. Our trails go through wild places and there are certain things that we, we should do do things like not feed animals. It's actually mentioned in the next story that we're going to talk about, which is uh, I happened to find this USGS, which is the US Geological Survey, and they issued a lead trace this as you explore the outdoors. Uh, and they give, and this is written for like the USGS does not put out stuff for like the layperson necessarily. Everything seems to be a little bit more like technique. It's, it's written for people who like science, I guess. So it definitely has science. like a sciencey feel to it, not like casual. Um, so they like they have some 
they, they say some science-based tips include, uh, you know, leaving plants as found, observing wildlife from a distance, not feeding wildlife, properly containing and removing trash, selecting established campsites, gathering small diameter dead and fallen wood for fires instead of cutting down trees, using designated hiking trails, land managers communicating low impact practices to visitors as an effective educational strategy. And they talk about some other stuff. Uh, they go into like why you shouldn't do some of these things, um, you know, as far as uh, not interacting with wildlife, not feeding wildlife, um, camping, where you're gonna, how you're gonna, you know, select a campsite, uh, things of that nature. Um, and they talk about, you know, cutting down trees being a bad thing to do. Don't do that. And, uh, uh and a lot of good tips. And so I just kind of wanted to, to mention this real quick, uh, as a way to remind everybody that as we go outside this summer, uh, we are in natural areas. And if we do want to leave those areas natural and not have to have areas shut down because bears get used to us and get aggressive, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. or those types of things or see other negative impacts, please practice leave no trace. And so I encourage everybody, even if you think you've been doing it right and doing it well for a long, long time and all of that to go ahead and brush up. There's some great resources on the uh, Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics website, um, lnt.org. Uh, there's also a like store there where you can buy educational materials um, including games for kids and things like that um, to teach them about low impact uh, camping and outdoor recreation. Uh, and they've got like hang tags, which I think are a great thing for people uh, doing all sorts of different activities. They've got them for fishing to hiking. They've got them for different types of environments and they have just uh, some quick bullets on best practices. So I encourage people to actually go to the Leave No Trace website and educate yourself a little bit more. Uh, brush up, dust up, dust off the, the cobwebs on that Leave No Trace knowledge, see what you can learn. Because the, the one of these science-based tips that they talked about uh, in this article is land managers communicating low impact practices to visitors as an effective educational strategy. And they went into that down below and talked about the fact that making regulations does not have as much of an uh, effect on protecting uh, the, the outdoor resources as education does. And so if you are educated, you're going to be able to hopefully in a cool dude, not a jerk dude way, um, maybe be able to educate, you know, your friends, your family, and people that you might encounter outdoors doing less than leave no trace activities. Yeah, don't uh, be so a educate jerk. Educate yourself first so that you can go ahead and for real, there's a way to there's a way to let somebody know that like, hey, what they're doing is maybe not the best way they could be doing that as far as like being cool in the outdoors, yo, uh, versus like um, jumping down somebody's throat. And it's real easy to get angry when you see somebody doing something that you know is wrong, but that doesn't mean that they know what's wrong, you know, so uh, educate yourself so that you know first, uh, and then make sure that you're, you're doing that, that uh, friendly um, passing along of leave no trace uh, uh, practices and, and, and thoughts uh, to, to the people that you, you bump into in the outdoors. So uh, that's pretty much it. I did want to say one quick thing. This is 
uh, I guess you could almost call this an unsolicited product plug, but I thought it looked pretty cool. And I thought this might be um, something that would be neat for some of our listeners that have kids uh, or just into games, tabletop games. So the game is basically uh, a card game sort of deal, uh, and it's based on uh, or uses a bunch of art from the 59 Parks Project, which is like mm. a bunch of uh, prints that celebrate the, the national parks. Well, the, this same uh, game company, Keymaster Games, they've got a new game that's a little bit easier, simpler rules, stuff like that, called Trails. Uh, and it's uh, it's twenty bucks. It comes out on June twentieth. Twenty dollars of fun. Twenty dollars of fun, and it's all about trails. So okay, awesome. Check check it out. Game is trails. Excelente. Maybe they'll send us. And that's pretty much it. That's all I got for trail news. Maybe maybe, maybe. you can reach out to them, special and have them send us a couple of a uh, couple of those games. We can try them out and test them out here on the show that's not a bad idea yeah i mean you know that'd be free publicity for them and some games for us all it's right alexa alexa timbrick is joining us all right you just set off a whole bunch of people's little alexa home devices by saying <laughs> by saying that name alexa, alexa. please turn off the lights alexa oh, please connected. turn on hi alexa <laughs> I, I thought we were interviewing. I'm Alan. sure she's just going to hang up if we're going to make <laughs> terrible jokes. My God! It says Alexa on your name, so you know it. It does. I accidentally double booked this with a surprise birthday party that I planned oh, for right, my right. own fiance. Right. Uh, so she's using my laptop for that, and I'm in our bathroom. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Well, Jacob, luxurious we'll, recording spot. We'll keep this. We'll keep this short and sweet. Um, <laughs> Pod, can you introduce our guest? Yes, um, we are being joined by Jacob Deutsch. Do you say your name Deutsch? Yeah, German in German. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Our guest is Jacob Deutsch, and he's going to be talking to us tonight about the Net, the New England Trail, all Net. Yeah, and he's joining us from his bathroom, so that's exciting. That I am. I tried to set up outside, but it's raining, oh, and so no. on my canopy, it's just super loud and obnoxious. Wow. So that yeah. did not work. Where are you but, tonight? Uh, what what state are you in? Southern Vermont. So oh. I'm right by Stratton Mountain on the AT. Oh, nice. So I'm really close to Stratton. And yep. you're also pretty um, close to the New England Trail, right? Yeah. So the trailhead, funny enough, is actually only about. 30-ish miles from my house, the Northern Termini, because it's like at the very western edge of the New Hampshire, Massachusetts border. Okay. So that part was really convenient. Yeah. Um, It was kind of annoying. It took me four, you know, it took me 14 days to hike it, but only two hours and 15 minutes to drive from my house to the southern terminus so wow okay so so give us just a basic overview um how long is the trail where does it start and end what direction did you hike it just just kind of the nuts and bolts yeah so the trail is officially 215 miles now that hasn't been updated in a long time and they've done a lot of free routes. And so my mileage clocked in much closer to 240, but I got lost a couple times. 
Um, and the southern terminus is in Guilford, Connecticut, right at the Long Island Sound. So you start right at the oh. ocean. Okay. Um, so that's really cool. You start the ocean. There's a pretty trailhead sign and everything and a little boardwalk you can do. Um, and then you pretty much just go straight north for the entire trail hmm. all the way to the Massachusetts, New Hampshire border. And it ends at a cool state park in Massachusetts called Royalston Falls. So you end at a gorgeous waterfall system that's right on the Mass New Hampshire border. Okay. Um, I went Nobo, which from what I could tell people do it kind of both ways. There's not really a preferred. The reason why I went northbound is I started on April 2nd in New England. Um, so my first day of hiking, it was, you know, 30 degrees. <laughs> so oh, wow. starting uh, south was nice. But yeah, for most people, I'd say it'll probably take, the website says two to four weeks, but I think for most experienced through hikers, that's really a week to a little over two weeks, depending on how much fun you want to have. Yeah, sure. Um, as far as the tread goes, it is predominantly single track, um, but it is almost all rocks. You are walking oh. on rocks the entire time. Because it's New England, there's not a lot of public land. So essentially, you are on trap rock ridge lines the entire time. You go up mm -hmm. to the ridge, walk on the rocks on the ridge, go back down, do a road crossing, go back up. You're on a ridge again. And I completely underestimated that. Um, not going to lie, I basically only researched the Massachusetts section of the trail because I was like, Connecticut, flat, farmlands, that'll be easy, breezy. Um, and my feet were not happy with wow. that choice. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, so I, I know it's a National Scenic Trail, but given yep. that it's in you know Connecticut Mass, how much public land are you actually on and what are the difficulties with camping? Yeah, so camping is by far the worst aspect of the entire trail. Um, it is really the number one reason why I would probably like not hike this again um, is just because there's only seven designated campsites along the entire trail and nowhere else to camp. So oh, no. that that's wow. it. And that's they're in crazy. really... Wow. inopportune places okay. so like you know day one you can pull a 28 mile day if you want to get to the next shelter or you have to stop and get a hotel right and those are just oh. kind of the decisions you have to make the entire trip oh. um, yeah i'm doing the math here in, in seven designated campsites versus 14 nights on the trail does not equal a place to camp every night <laughs> no. And like three of them are all like in the northern 35 miles oh. too. What? So yeah, especially <laughs> because the, the Connecticut portion in particular has almost no public lands. Um, wow. And part of that's because you go right around Hartford. So the trail actually starts mm. east of Hartford, Connecticut, and you kind mm. of go north. Then you go west and then you go north and then you go east. So you basically do a big horseshoe around Hartford. And basically that entire like 40 miles is all just connecting public water and reservoir land. 
So it's uh. all water supply land, which was an interesting experience because you, you know, are constantly walking past all these signs that say no trespassers, there are cameras, you will be prosecuted, you know, public water supply. Right. But then the blazes have you going straight through that. So huh. that was an adventure. Um, wow. But no, so the camping situation really means that from what I've seen, people typically do one of a couple options. Either they just speed through the whole thing. So I ran into um, another through hiker, one other through hiker the entire time. His name is Constantine. And he did the whole thing in six or seven days. But I mean, he's now trying to set the FKT on the North Country Trail right now. So he's a bit of an anomaly. Yep. So him and his partner just started that and they're Ooh. trying to set the FKT. So he, he was blazing through. Um, but really, you're left with that option. Um, having to get off and either Uber or something to get to hotels. Or what I've seen a lot of people do is they'll hike in groups and they'll ferry cars. So they'll park cars at different oh trailheads and then both go to a hotel. I was lucky. I mm. have a very supportive fiance uh, who's a PhD student. So her schedule is a little flexible. So she just came and supported me and would pick me up at trailheads and Boom. go to hotels with me. So that was nice. I was also yeah. able to get that because I hiked over my birthday. So it was my birthday present. Oh, nice. But, um, nice. Is nice. Airbnb an option too? Trail tip. Trail tip. Yeah, right. Well, well played. <laughs> no. And so I definitely did Airbnb. There was one place where okay. we Airbnb'd for like, I think three nights, just oh, right across right. the, yeah, like right across the mass border, right after you get out of Connecticut. Hmm. Um, and it was just because that place was cheap. It was easy. It was close to good breweries. And so it was like a nice base camp, you know, for the last day of Connecticut, the first day of mass and the second day of mass. But no, the camping is the number one reason why, unless you have a ton of money, you're willing to blow on hotels and Ubers mm -hmm. and Lyfts, or you're willing to waste a lot of time ferrying your car. You really, really have to get creative, but it was really worth it. It was absolutely beautiful. And it wasn't just, you know, I think a lot of people underestimate the actual beauty that the trail would have because it goes near some pretty populated areas. Um, but for me, that actually made it kind of cool because it was really interesting, kind of in the theme of what y'all have been talking about the past couple of weeks, well, months, to see all the really, you know, surprisingly wild places we have right next to, you know, major cities, right? Mm -hmm. sure. So when I was going through like the Hartford Springfield metro area, you know, both towns with large populations that support even larger metro areas, you would suddenly find yourself in the middle of nowhere. And then in like 10 miles, you'd get a glimpse of the city again from some ridge line. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought that was a cool experience, especially, um, you know, during COVID times to just be reminded that we don't always have to go, you know, super far out to yeah. find something. But even without that whole philosophical caveat, it was just like a really gorgeous trail. I went during April, which a lot of people might not like because it was cold and freezing some days, but it meant there still weren't leaves on the trees. So when I was on all those ridge lines, I just had 
views for miles and miles and miles. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which really worked out, you know, well, I'm a big fan of ridge lines and being able to see out. I'm not a huge, like, you know, green tunnel person. So that was part of the reason why I, I did it in April. Um, you just got stunning views and you constantly were just up high on sheer cliff faces, hmm. which Ooh. I was not expecting from Connecticut either. So there are a couple sections of the trail in Connecticut where you are literally just walking like on the edge of cliffs, um, you know, with 400, 500 feet drops. And that was really cool. Wow. Um, and then do you, have any, uh, do you have an Instagram where you, people can go and get any uh, any visual clue about what this sort of looked like? Yes. So it's Laddie 49, all spelled out Laddie with two D's, as in like, you know, Scottish for a boy. But um, no, what so about it was the fall. Just... What do you think the fall, the fall colors, do you think that'd be an, a good time to, to hike it also? Yeah, so that's the number one recommended time. That okay. is when most people I know do it. You get out of bug season. But the biggest problem with the fall is water sources. Um, because you are on, you know, rocky ridge lines almost the entire trail, there's not a lot of water up there. And pretty much the only times you're coming back down is just across roads. And then you just have little gross streams right by major roads, which aren't ideal. So I had a plethora of water sources, but I've heard that sometimes in the fall, you have to do some bigger water carries and watch out for that. Like how um, do, do you have any idea, like what kind of distances we're talking about with those water carries? Uh, I mean, just on like, you know, just looking at the gut hook app, there are some sections where you're like 20, 30 miles from semi-reliable water sources sometimes. And again, even those are not always going to be consistent just because of, you know, the region. So that was, you know, one benefit of doing it in April. But fall foliage would be gorgeous. Okay. And this yeah. is a trail. They even promote the trail as a four-season trail. So there are plenty of people who have winter through hiked it. I personally wouldn't want to be on those cliff edges in like snowshoes or micro spikes, but um, you know, if that's your thing, it's an option. So besides the camping, the other biggest obstacle I ran into was just water crossings. There are two major rivers, one of which being the Connecticut River, um, that are not feasible to, you know, to ford across. Um, really? And having no, you cannot walk across the Connecticut River. How and, wide is uh, it? Is, are we talking about like the Kennebec River wide? Like what, what are we talking? Yeah, like, you know, I grew up near, I grew up in Illinois and it's, you know, at times almost as wide as the Mississippi. So it's, oh, it's a major wow. river. And so oh, wow. it becomes <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a 15 mile reroute if you don't get someone to take you around the river so oh, like all wow. the fkts set on the trail are by people who have kayaks or pack rafts they hey that's cheating crew, like their hikes are invalid it. you can't <laughs> there's no kayaking on a long hike right triple o no kayaking 
No kayaking on a hike, no. Come on. You have to inflate a thermarest and float it across on Yeah. <laughs> or use found um, items like, you know, dead beavers mm. and things like that. <laughs> float across on well, their I'm, I'm sure you could find plenty of dead things in the Connecticut River. I'm just not <laughs> sure they might be what you want to use to ford across. Probably all the um, hikers that tried to ford it. What'd you yeah. do? And What'd so, you do there? Oh, my partner drove me around. Ah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. And the biggest problem is because it's the reroute is only 10 miles, but it's like a 40 or $50 lift ride because you have to like go along a big freeway and then drive on a bunch of like rural back roads. Mm. And then the lift drive yeah. would have to do it again. So, um, again, something that just kept coming up with this trail is it is not always accessible money-wise just because of you know yeah. all the lifts you have to take all the hotels you have to get and that was just you know i was not necessarily prepared for that um there were a couple times where i thought i was going to make a shelter at a certain time but it just didn't work out for some reason um and you know that throws a massive wrench in your plans and suddenly you have to find like a frantic hotel room or push on you yeah. did not get the flexibility of a normal through hike where you could just be like, I'm done. I'm done right. for the day. I'm going to stop right here. Mm. Um, you really had to like hyper plan out your itinerary to know where you can, we're going to get off, how you were going to get there from where you're staying the night, where you're going to be able to stretch it to the next shelter. So yeah, that, that was tricky. And you know, that's just part of why there's not a lot of people through hiking it. Um, why I didn't run into a lot of through hikers, I ran into tons of day hikers and people just doing one or two night backpacking trips. And they were all so excited to talk to any of the through hikers they ran into. Oh, that nice. really slowed me down some days, but it was, you know, really cool to see that kind of, you know, support because you are an anomaly that people are really fascinated by what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I ran into a lot of people who had hiked the AT before and are now, you know, just living out in Connecticut or Mass and all wanted to know all the dirty details about the trail. And yeah. so while there's not a lot of through hiking culture, there was enough kind of substitute because you're in a populated enough area to run into lots of people who know what you're doing. Were you tempted to tell them that you were just a day hiker? No, I was so disgusting looking. <laughs> that was never going to work. Okay. Um, so you couldn't have fooled yeah. them. <laughs> no, that, that was even staying in hotels frequently is not going to happen. Um, I overdid my physical limits the first day and like hiked a 22 mile day, and mm. like my body wasn't able to regulate temperature afterwards. So you know, even day two, even after staying in a hotel, I was just a hot mess and just disgusting. Um, so it's not gonna, it was not gonna work. I just had that. Uh, you know, sunk in eyes look. Um, oh, I know. D Will looks like so. that 10 minutes after he get, gets on a trail. He looks like he's been yeah. out there for weeks. He yeah. has this. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the breweries. You, you mentioned that you went to a few and you have road access. You're staying in town. What were some of your faves? So there was one called, I think it's called Kingsman in Connecticut. And it was really cool. They had a great atmosphere. And really good beer that was the best beer we had along the trail um and that was in about halfway through connecticut 
Um, but then Springfield has tons of breweries. Hmm. I was really oh, surprised by the amount they had in the area. So I went to like three or four and don't remember all of their names. Um, <laughs> and then even by the time you get about halfway through mass, you start to run out of brewery options. But right at halfway is kind of when you get to like the Northfield, Amherst, all of that business. And there's tons of breweries around there because of all the college campuses. So okay. if you wanted to do a brew hike and stay in hotels every night and visit breweries every night, that is something you can do on this trail. You can go to a different brewery every night if you wanted to. Um, so I took advantage of that as much as possible. Wow. Jesus, sounds like maybe a good candidate for a trail sh trail show group through hike. Mm, <laughs> a group yeah. through, a group brew through. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. What else, uh, Jacob? What else should we know about the NET uh, before we move along and, and let you get back to your party? So I would say two things. First off, there's a, I ran into a lot more wildlife than I expected. Mm -hmm. um, especially nesting birds, peregrine falcons nest along it, um, some bald eagles nest along different parts of it. And so you just got to see some really cool birds throughout it. I saw snakes, I saw deer, I saw beaver, you know, there mm -hmm. are way, there's way more to see than I thought there was going to be. And then also just the mountain views were way better than I thought. So the highest elevation on the trail is on the, you know, 1,600 feet, Mount Grace, just about 15 miles from the end. But especially by the time you're in northern New Hampshire, there are days where you're, I mean, northern uh, Mass, there are days where you're doing, you know, three, 4,000 feet of elevation wow. gain in a yeah. day. And that's just if you're doing 10, 12 miles. Whoa. Um, yeah, so there's one section called Steve. the Seven Sisters, right, in Holyoke, where they're called the Seven Sisters because it's seven mm -hmm. mountains all in a row. And just in, like, I think seven miles, you do four, three or 4,000 feet of elevation gain. And that, Damn. While, while it sucked because it's rocky and rooty and East Coast Trail up and down the whole way, it was absolutely stunning and you just got incredible views because everything below you was so you know close to sea level and as you got farther into mass you could start to see all the taller mountains in vermont and new hampshire mm. so you got great views of stratton and mount Escunti and mount monadnock all from um you know that northern mass section of the trail so if i were just going to backpack a couple days on the trail it would definitely be you know, that either first or last 30 miles in Northern Mass. It was stunning. Mm. Um, just really, really cool. Um, and that was the most public land Z area of the whole trail. Like where, if people wanted what to plan a hike, where should they, is there resources online? Where should they go? Yep. By far the best place is the New England Trail. I think it's just the newenglandtrail.org. I might be wrong on that, but it's something like that because the trail is co-managed by the Connecticut Forest and Parks Association and the Appalachian Mountain Club. Okay. So you actually have two different blazes. You do blue blazes in Connecticut and then white blazes in Mass. Um, but there is one centralized place that has all the information. It's where you can request stays overnight. 
Mm. Um, it's yep. where you can register your hike, you know, all that business. Yeah, um, it is newenglandtrail.org. I'm seeing here. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but they, they have really great info and I found their through hiking page to be really refreshing. You know, at the top, they say this is not a normal through hike. And I really appreciated kind of their take on some of that and that level of transparency. So they have lots of great resources and ideas for how people have through hiked it and how people can. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking to us about the NET. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm just excited to get this trail out there more because while it's a difficult trail to hike as far as the logistics, it is absolutely, you know, a, a hidden gem. And for being a national scenic trail, I feel like no one ever hikes it or talks about it and you know they they really really should because it it is special and unique in its own right well be careful what you wish for because now with the trail show bump (laughs) you know it's just gonna be it's gonna be overrun in no time yeah that's what we did to the great basin trail there's like thousands of people out there right now in nevada (laughs) pretty soon connecticut and mass are gonna get blown up with hikers yeah. so make sure you don't get doxxed people are going to send you hate mail that's right it's like it's okay i live in vermont yeah you're fine all right jacob well well thanks so much we'll post a link to the newenglandtrail.org and to your insty handle and yeah thanks again for coming on the show we really appreciate it yeah thanks Perfect. again enjoy Bye, your y'all. party thanks jacob hasta la vista oh, i Have will fun with the surprise party Surprise! I'm not there for. Surprise! I'm late. Surprise! But hold on just a minute. (laughs) No, that—that's exactly what happened. I had to like work with her best friend to be like, actually, can you run the party Zoom? And then that didn't work, so I had to like set up the Zoom secretly in the background on my laptop, and hopefully it worked out to where her friend called her and then opened had her open up the Zoom with all of her friends on it. So we'll see if any of those logistics worked out or not. But <laughs> well, hopefully they did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, Bye, thanks, man. Cheers. And, and we've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some hotline clips from Triple O. Apparently, we got a few this month. And we've also got an audio clip from Arizona. So don't go Whoa. anywhere. This is Area's owner, and I never listen to the trail show. Trail show is back. We just cracked another beer. POD, would you like to speak on it? Well, I'm having the Lagunitas, the one that you just had. Oh. I have to say I really like it. The All daytime. Right. It's almost like the, the Natter Day, but it's like actually no. good. It's not in, it's, you can't no, no, even no, mention similar, Natter Day. Similar name. No, similar name. No, get, get out of here. Okay, it's so. Like implied, it's implied that it's for day drinking is what I like. 
Beer Data. number two is the Summer Break from Sierra Nevada Brewing. Uh, it is a session hazy IPA at 4.6 ABV. There's no um, fun things written to Good. describe this beer. So I will just describe it. It is um, a sessionable hazy IPA. Which I think is what the can says. That's right. <laughs> it, it's it's not bad. Um, so it's got a little more flavor than the daytime from Lagunitas. But again, I would buy I would buy another six pack of this. So yeah, a lot of good. Okay. I'm, I'm finally. I feel like it's taken years for breweries to figure out how to make beers in the four percent ABV range that actually taste good and, and taste like you know, not quite a full beer, but almost a full beer. Right. They're getting better. All right. Let's talk right. about the hotline. Apparently we got some calls this month. It's getting hot, hot, hot. Well, we have some critical, critical uh, listener feedback. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. oh. Okay. My name is well, Grandma Gatewood, and I never listen to the trail show. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Haven't we heard from Grandma Gatewood before? <laughs> Yeah, I get it, but she's, we're hearing again. Can you play that one more listen. time? My name is Grandma Gatewood, and I never listen to the trail show. <laughs> From the grave, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Grandma Gatewood. Wow. Um, oh, boy. This is actually the start of a saga, so the oh. next one will begin a saga here. Oh, okay. boy. What's up, trail show? Hooch here. And today is my 40th birthday. So, seeing as my brain is a fan of arbitrary patterns, that may or may not mean anything. And I am a fan of complete asinine harebrained schemes. I decided to walk from my house in El Cajon to the pier in Ocean Beach. In San Diego, which, as it Whoa. turns out, okay, it's just about exactly 40 miles. I'm about an hour in, and uh, I don't hate myself for doing this just yet. I still got about four or five hours, so that kicks in. Could happen any minute. Month, haven't been able to get out to the trail, so I got a good got a good amount of cortisol to burn off today. As much as I like being in the backcountry, I do also enjoy some city walking especially at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning when there's nobody around. Cityscapes are kind of magical when there's no people. Anyways, I'll keep you guys posted as I melt down through the day. All right, so he's doing all 40 miles in one shot. He's starting at 3 in the morning. How How many different phone clips are there from him? We have three clips. That's the first one. Okay. Let's sprinkle these. I, Go ahead, Special. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll play the second one a little later. And but he's, right. he can't get out. He's like D-Lo. He's stuck. But he like, like oh, hey. He did something about it. He Man, did something yeah. about I'll, it. I'll tell you, he, his uh, out here with a lot of cortisol to burn. Yeah. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a t-shirt or something. Like, yeah. Forget the calories. I'm burning cortisol, cortisol. or something. Yeah. something. You know, like that's powered that's, by cortisol. 
I love it. Burning cortisol. Yeah. Or, awesome. or how about burn cortisol, not fossil fuels? You know, there's yes. a, any combination of, of something we could do there. How many other calls did you have, Triple uh, O? I'm wondering if we should play some more now or, or wait. Well, we got two more on this saga, and then we got three more additional ones. All right. Wow. Let's, wow. let's play one of the additional ones. All right. Here we go. Hey, Trill Show. So my name is Tawny Smith, and I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. And I guess um, one question I have is, what is what do you guys? How do you guys feel about uh, when you're hiking? What do you like? Waterproof shoes versus non-waterproof shoes. You know, definitely, I've gotten out of the hiking boots. I'm in the trail runners and all that. You know, over the years, and my big question is, should I risk not going waterproof? What's your thoughts on that subject? Thanks. Oh, I never listen to the trail show, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. I recognize her name for some reason. Yeah, way. Tawny Smith. Which yeah. She's either donated or... It's a familiar name somehow. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what I, do you guys I'm, think? I'm, I say waterproof shoes are no bueno because they make your feet sweat. You get blisters. And if you do have to cross a creek and they get wet, they take forever to dry out. Yes, yes. I I generally agree as well. I think that there's there is a time and place for having mm -hmm. like a, a set of waterproof shoes in your arsenal. Uh, if you are going to have waterproof shoes, they should better they better be like the mid height ones or whatever, mm -hmm. rather than like the low tops. Otherwise, seriously, what's the point? Yeah, yeah I used to. Um, like cold weather hiking yeah exactly so if you want to have a, a pair of winter uh waterproof shoes so that you can go go walk through slush and and not have to worry about just like the slush sort of soaking in that's i think about the most ideal scenario for having a set of waterproof shoes i used to and i kind of still do think that the only other scenario where you actually want waterproof shoes is oddly enough the desert Yep. Uh, and the, yeah, so the reason for that is because the waterproofing also keeps out all that fine dust oh, and man. and all that fine dust will get into your shoes. If you're like walking through, like, for instance, the southern PCT, it can get into your shoes, into your socks. It, it, it becomes like a, an abrasive. Mm -hmm. uh, it also like, you know, can desiccate your foot. Um, and so the, the, the disadvantage to using a waterproof shoe in the desert is obviously aeration. And so you do have to make yeah. sure that like, as you're taking your hopefully somewhat frequent breaks, you're immediately getting that shoe and sock off and letting your foot like dry out and like breathe a bit and uh, before getting it back in there. But that's actually the two scenarios where I think a waterproof shoe is actually useful. The rest of the time I agree you might as well just have something that's that's uh, a, a good shoe that's good in every other way and all things being equal what, we, what you prefer is something that's actually fast drying as opposed mm -hmm. to water water waterproof and then rotate your socks out of the wet shoe like yeah. the dry socks it'll dry a, a trail runner very fast and then hang the mm -hmm. wet socks off your back yeah. but make sure they are attached yeah, I also I also could see like late 
late fall in both the Pacific Northwest and New England. But, you know, that's more so just because it's going to be cold and damp and a waterproof shoe could, it could be fine in those circumstances. Having said that, I mean, I've been hiking since 1999, long, you know, long trails, and I've never hiked in a waterproof shoe ever. Maybe I'm missing something. I've certainly hiked in it before. Uh, I, I have a pair of the in in my arsenal now, but uh, they they don't come out that often. Yeah. All right, that's a good question. Um, I tell you what, let's table the rest of the hotline calls for after the next break. I actually did get a clip from Arizona, and I got it. We got it right when we were taping the the June show, and I just didn't have time to get it on, but. The content's still relevant right now, as you will hear when I play the clip. What's up, Trail Show Nation? This is your boy, Arizona. I hope everybody's doing well out there. Just wanted to take a moment and big up Dirtmonger, Sheriff Woody, and Hubcap Coffee, who right now are somewhere in Nevada, spearheading Dirtmonger's Great Basin Trail. As someone who's walked across Nevada twice now, I can tell you, it's epic, especially with a crew like that. I'd also like to wish showers of blessings onto our girl, Salty, who's about to put her nutritional skills to what I think is going to be her greatest test yet as she steps across Nevada following the Great Basin Trail. I'll be keeping you in my prayers. I think all of you are going to do great out there. But the main reason I called was to say to the rest of you that although ridge running and basin bagging sounds epic from the couch, in reality, it's a dangerous thing. Your game has to be on point from your food and water to your navigation and the weather, to wild animals and other people. To be blunt, Nevada's a great place to find out if you're capable of more as a hiker, but a terrible place to discover if you're not. My best advice to you guys, if you're thinking about hiking the Great Trail, is to do it in sections first. You see, in Buck 30's opinion, if you can't do the PCT, you probably can't do the Nevada Trail. And in my opinion, if you can't do the Nevada Trail section of the Hot Springs Trail, you probably can't do the Great Basin Trail. And by can't, what we mean is you can't do it comfortably while staying healthy in a reasonable time, considering the resources you know, that are available along the route. Above all, I just want you guys to be safe out there, have fun, you know, push your limits here and there, but live to tell about it in a way that gives long distance hiking a good name. Of course, you know, I'm not calling here to overcrowd Nevada, but really just to to get people off the couch. If you've heard me before on the trail show or other podcasts, you you know that a journey like the GBT or the MBT can do two things. It can boost your health or destroy it. But to that, I mean, so can hiking any trail. So that's why I recommend hiking for health before hiking for the completion certificate, because once you can hike in a way that you can hike every day and stay healthy, the completion certificates come to you but seriously wishing everyone out there success on your own epic adventures and personal best this summer 2021 as we continue striving to create defined trails freestyle routes and ultimately a nation of hikers who aren't afraid to get their feet wet or their tongues on that note cheers from the recess cave you guys and if you can catch me this summer going 20,000 feet in a day yeah stay wild y'all and say hi to the produce clerk for me yeah say hi to the produce clerk for me 
I like that. So POD, do do you have an update of any kind? Like how's, how are they doing out there? Uh, I think they're doing great. I've only, uh, Salty and I texted um, in one of her town stops. I get her in-reach messages every night. So I know she's still alive, but I mean, they, they've, they've all been posting on Instagram. I think they're enjoying themselves and doing quite well. Yeah, the Instagram posts are very heartbreaking because it's really it's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can... I, and, and, they're, and they're not yours. Right yeah. Dirtmonger's Instagram handle is uh, Pancave Uno. So mm-hmm. go there. You can check out um, all the photos they're posting from the Great Basin Trail. And Salty's got a Instagram account too where she's posting photos, right, Beauty? Katie Gerber Wellness. Yep. So and hubcap coffee is yeah. um pepper flake and sheriff, sheriff woody, woody. Mm-hmm. how far i think it's sheriff woody pct yep. yeah i think so are, are they over halfway like do you know how much longer they have out there you know um they're they're more than halfway i think they yeah. should be wrapping up in the next week or so okay so and by the way so zoners that audio clip was a bit dated since we last spoke, I know he did. He did something he did crazy. That Twenty thousand thing. Yeah, yeah he did. in a day, twenty thousand vertical feet, people. Yep. But isn't his goal? His goal is to get it up to like Everest height in a day. Oh, oh I didn't know okay. that. Like I think 20, I think on his Instagram I saw that. Yeah, nine thousand feet in a day. So twenty is the first step. Is his like incremental goal? Oh, That's pretty awesome. Lord. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of up. I that mean, is a lot of up. You know, Big when ups. you look, when, when you're like out on a distance trail and, and you're like looking at the elevation profile for the day ahead and you see like, you know, a couple of 2000 <laughs> foot over a few mile climbs you're, and you're like, Oh, we got some climbs today. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 20,000 is a lot. Also, I like how he called it freestyle hiking. So yeah, like, I like that. Uh, that that jives with his like you know his yeah. his, his rhymes to, that he likes to lay down his poetry. We, we need to get Zoner back on the yeah. show soon for an interview. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's go. I don't know. We had a couple mailbag items. Should we do mailbag? Item number one for mailbag, dear trail show. I want to deeply apologize for my hostility towards disco. It has been an extremely busy time in the B. Gibbs household with a new baby and extra stress not being able to hike with him just yet. Oh, and I am a Michigan State fan. I would also appreciate it if you took a hole punch to the trail show (laughs) neck gator as it is super hot in Tennessee during the summer. Happy trails. Love the show. Thanks for what you do. B. Gibbs. Folks may or may not remember, B. Gibbs sent me a direct message on Instagram that told me to suck it because I had said something derogatory towards (laughs) folks from Michigan. So, (laughs) B. Gibbs, I accept your apology and I hope you're doing well (laughs) as a new father. And uh, I hope the Sparties have a good basketball season coming up. And that net gator, yeah, you might want to save it until winter. It's a little warm for summer in Tennessee. Thank you. Okay. Anybody want to read that second long mailbag item? I'll get it. Hey, folks. 
I hope all is well. We moved back to Alaska. We lasted a year in Tennessee before moving to Germany for a year. What can I say? We are semi-nomadic, even with four kids. With Alaska, though, there's just something about the mountains here. Plus, the kids have been asking to return. The past two years, I was able to tag team with my wife to take separate trips on the Camino. This time, she went first and did the Norte route. When she finished, she flew home and we high-fived, then I went to hike the Norte. It is a gorgeous trail without the traffic of the Frances. I was also able to hike the West Weg near our house in the Black Forest in Germany. Not a lot of hiking, but we do what we can. Now that we are back in Alaska, I am hearing about the new trail being proposed here, the Alaska Long Trail. It will be 500 miles or so from Fairbanks to Seward. I love the idea, but hate the name. No need to compete with the already well-known and established Long Trail in Vermont. They have the branding and will dominate online searches. I suggested something along the lines of North Star Trail or Last Frontier Trail. Anyone considering this definitely will want to bring some bear spray. Speaking of bears, on Memorial Day, I went hiking up Gold Star Peak on POW MIA Trail in Alaska with my nine and 10 year old boys. The 10 year old was about 10 feet in front of me when I hear him yell, bear. We had climbed up the incline reaching a flatter area and saw the bear about 20 feet away. We had been talking and making noise up to that point, but it didn't phase the bear. This was a decent sized black bear and he showed no fear of humans. I had my bear spray and holstered and we started descending the mountain. The bear kept coming down towards us. As we backed down, we met up with other families climbing and formed a large group of about 15 people. Even in the large group, the bear kept coming. He pushed us all down the mountain to the road where he eventually crossed the road. My boys had had enough for the day and we packed up and headed home. Thank you all for the continued laughs and entertainment. Jason, DEC. Man, that's crazy. They had a group of yeah. 15 and the bear kept coming towards them. Yeah, that was wild. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like at that point it's time to go ahead and take the baskets off your trekking poles, everybody. Uh, if you got 15 <laughs> people, it's time to go on the offensive with that bear. Or draw straws and pick yeah. up the biggest <laughs> member of the party. <laughs> holy moly jason dec i'm glad that you and your nine and ten year old boys are okay but i you know it's wild it brings up a good point about that new long trail in alaska i think calling it the alaska long trail is a bad idea for his exact rationale is that you know there's already a long trail like i like the idea of the last a quite famous one too yeah or how about the alaska bear trail You know, from a, bear gauntlet. from a marketing <laughs> yes. standpoint, that would get some attention. The bear uh, buffet. I mean, Alaska oh, is the last frontier. So. It is. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah. And the North Star yeah, Trail. I, Sweden's the North Star country, right? I mean. Is it? Yeah, I have no idea. They have the Order of the North Star. It's like this mm. award thing. I don't know. I kind of like the Last Frontier Trail. I do, too. I think that's a great trail. Last Frontier Trail would be good. I think uh, maybe something that references the uh, the the native peoples whose land ah. uh, it goes through might also be a good ah, option. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, it- which I'm just going to say might be a good option for any new trails that we put up. Just just a yeah. thought. You um, know, Skittles. 
I'm going to nominate Skittles to hike this trail and, and come on the show. He used to live in Fairbanks and he knows, (laughs) he knows Alaska quite well, lived in multiple parts of it. Um, Yeah. Skittles go, go out there. He's always looking for stuff to do. You know, we've, we've never been to Alaska, so maybe this is the reason to Mm. go. You can go with Skittles. No, thank you. What? Theo, what do don't you want to deal with grizzly bears? What's, POD, what's you? your problem? You know, what, what's your beef with Alaska? You won't go to Idaho with me because of grizzly bears, but now you want to go to Alaska? Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Um, the grizzly bear thing is a little bothersome to me, but that's what they make the spray for, right? Yeah. Or better yet, I'll just take Jason DEC and his nine and ten year old and put them in front of me and Skits and they can they can sort it out as we walk behind them and very good. Let's do donors. Let's do donors. All right, POD, did we have any uh donations this month? We did. We've got Look our, our, our a monthly few. a few, our monthly donors. We've got Bernard Wolf. Hey. Oh by the way, what was your news out of order about wolves? Yeah. Oh, Colorado for the first time since 1940s or so had wolf pups born in the state in the wild. Cool. Now, is is this part of the whole thing that we passed in Colorado last year that the state initiative? I don't think so. I'm not no, sure about no, that. No, these are not. These no, are the ones set, that I'm settled. Yeah, in, I'm pretty sure these are the ground. wolves that we talked about that that uh, law a while ago on the show and uh and how it was i think controversial or whatever with ranchers or something but um but yeah that there have been sightings of wolves kind of making their way back into colorado for the last several years Hmm. uh nothing to do with the reintroduction uh just a proximity thing yeah they just yeah They've just okay. happened to to start doing it, which is oh, pretty neat. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then if they, the reintroduction goes well, it'll help the genetic yeah. population. And, so Bernard and Wolf has some has some cubs. That's exciting. Um, Russ Nut Fuss Kinder. Russ, Don't worry about hey, it. Pisco Gully. What a guy. Bobby Walters. The. The. Trevor, smoke it if you got it. The bowl man. Load it up. Sean Weedman. The weed man. Jeffrey oh, Cottonmouth yeah. Caldwell. Hey now. Diane Pinkerstein. Pinkerstein. David Bolt as big as your new hey, hey. sub. Hey, forget about Diddy. it. Hey. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Quality. I think his channel name should be outstanding since that's what he puts on every Instagram post. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Clayton <laughs> Masterson. Wow. Uh, Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Vermont. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. <clears throat> the weekend. By the way, real quick, Pat the, it's f- here. Pat the Bouncer Dixon sent us some new music for Buck 30. Ooh. But Buck 30 dropped the ball and couldn't be on tonight's show. So no music for you, Ooh. Buck 30. Oh, missing out. Okay. Come back Steven one year. Steven the Hustler Russell. Hey now. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Brute. Renee, Shira, Patrick, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Shira. Shira. Happy birthday. Wesley, the Haggis Attic Greenwood. I need it. I need <laughs> my Haggis. Kevin, Chickpea Cross, and Sasha Honeydew Codette. 
Tebow, uh, not Tim Williams. Go Tommy Jaguars. Tommy the Meat Popsicle <laughs> Stevens. Oh, God. Beep, beep. Joseph Pecker Aro. Brandon hey. Lost Balls. Love Lady. Where are they? Where'd they go? Kira the Switchblade and Brian the Big Mac. Namara. <laughs> Patty Sisu Matiscala. Matiscala. Phil. Felipe Gilbert. Felipe. Dave the Geode Hale. Geode. The hard, ancient, crusty exterior. <laughs> okay, Stephen <laughs> yep. Robin Hood. Gemstone inside. I know. Yeah. Tony Sheboygan Brewing Pits. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Rachel Diebama Die Merchant. Tell it to me. Die already. Eric Adequate Johnson. That'll do. Dant Ho Mpson. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) That was perfect. Man, it's taking some work, but wow. Dant Ho. Dant Ho. Martin the Rosswater Schwank. Richie Rich Lemuel Glasgow. By the way, I'm still hiding the disco. Mark the Nuclear Farmer Homer. Narmer. Sarah Compass Haynes. Eric Roberson. Which, Which way? Daniel Fun Dip Sharp. Fun Dip. Kill Bill Cottrell. Kill Bill. Bob the DMT Trombley. Well, hi, God. <laughs> Woody Yukon Caboose. Bass. Bass? Damn it. I always forget Cabass. which one it is. Cabass. I think Cabass. it's Bass. It's Bass. Cabass. Yeah. Cabass. Caboose Bass. Matt Frantum of the Opera. Tim the Hooch Hoochins, who we're going to hear from again. Paul True Love. Jacob the Iron Triangle Deutsch, who we heard from tonight. Fire Trail of the Month. Iron, Iron, Iron. And Curtis Ware. And I was didn't mention this person last month, but he did become a monthly donor. And that is Tyler the Kerminator. Kerminate. Winklevi. What? Kerminator. Tyler Kermit. He goes around killing Kermits. I'll be green. Oh. <laughs> Miss Piggy That's... does not like him. No. And then Bradley Gibson, who wrote in to apologize. B. To Gibbs, Disco. 89 B. Gibbs. underscore. And also, happy birthday to Scott Bass. Scott Bass, happy birthday. Or Bass. I don't know. One of those two. Bass. I'm sure Bass. It's Bass. Unless it's Bass. Bassy. Unless Bassy. it's like. Rob Bates, or like, or like Bassey. Maybe he's from New England, and it's it's bossy, but he's like bassy. <laughs> Scott, yeah. It takes two he's... to make it out of sight. Is that your birthday song for Scott? Nobody. Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock from the 1980s. Oh, that's who sings that. It takes two. Come <laughs> on. Okay. What do you mean? It takes two to make a thing go right. I know the song. It takes two to make it out of sight. The artists were. <laughs> Artists in question. All right, let's take a break. When we come Uh-oh, back. I think she just gotta, muted us all. We've got to get back into the saga of the man that's walking. The 40 saga miles continues. From okay. El Cajon to the sea. So don't go anywhere. I'm gonna need some snacks for that.
This is not a chance, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, folks, trail show is back, and we need to continue this saga and see how our friend is doing as he journeys from El Cajon to the sea. What's up, trail show? Pooch here again with another episode in the continuing misadventures of Chin Chin. The city is starting to wake up, and the magic is slowly disappearing. The uh, chirping birds have disappeared, and the constant din of cars flying by me has taken over as I make my way through the heart of North Park and over the 805 freeway, which is mysteriously backed up for miles at 6.30 on a Saturday morning, so that's weird, but I'm glad I'm not driving. Uh, One of the benefits of city walking is the abundance of taco shops on my route. So I'm going to stop and get some breakfast, but one of the definite downsides is there is just nowhere for me to let this mud falcon fly that I got (laughs) About halfway to the pier, stay tuned. Oh my God. Oh man. Apparently he's a trail show listener. Yep, he can't say he's not. Triple O, can we also hear one of the non-saga calls? This is Ketchup. This is Chew Toy. This is Trip Delight. We're out on the South Dakota Centennial Trail, which we heard about on an outdoor podcast, episode 96. But we never listened to to the trail show. (laughs) You know, (laughs) who else did we see that was just on the Centennial Trail in South Dakota? It was... um, Oh, it was... um, Drop and Roll. Drop and Roll, yeah. I think yep. that, that that trail has gotten the trail show bump, and now there's you know thousands of hikers out there. So that's right. Huge wow. numbers. Huge numbers. Wow. Overrun, I hear. Hope you guys are having fun out there on the SDCT. I'm a Very little cool. worried about the saga. I mean, there's only one more left, and he's only halfway. Yeah. And he's I'm... got a mud falcon cooking. He's about <laughs> to get breakfast from some taco joint. Ooh, taco joint with a mud oh, falcon on deck does not sound. You yeah. think he makes it? <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. Anything could happen. It might be a multiple mud falcon scenario. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. All right, or maybe a mud snail. Ew. Ew. Let's, uh, let's let's hop in to ask a hiker with triple O this month. By the way, Delo is out of pocket. He's somewhere on the east eastern seaboard of the united states of america los estados unidos and he is um apparently where he went to there's no internet or cell connection so he's ill disposed uh-huh. this evening mm-hmm. um, i think that's called family time just backyards yep. and pavers yeah yep. family time. family time okay so that's fun doesn't it um do you they're all painting their san angelo bars together no, I triple O. I think this is your your jam tonight. I think you're uh, playing the role of Mike DiLorenzo. All right. Question number one. Dear Trail Show. Question number one. <laughs> of one. You had to add a lot of extra talk with no <laughs> real coherent story behind it. If you could just discuss how many how many uh, things you're going to read and in which order you're going to yeah. read them. Right. But change your mind a few times. There's one. There's one thing. I'm gonna read it first. More nose breathing. More nose breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Recently, there you go. 
I was okay, at sorry. a popular trailhead <laughs> and found some forgotten items. This has happened several times, actually. I found a day pack, hiking poles, fancy water bottles, flip-flops, unopened beer, opened and unopened snacks, etc. I imagine that people finish their hike and then are tailgating with friends a bit. They change clothes or footwear and then things get left behind. I'm wondering what the right thing to do is. I always see socks and hats and things hung on signs at the trailhead as though folks are going to come back to retrieve these items. I wonder if people really go back for forgotten items or if they just assume they are gone. Is it okay to take these items and donate them to the thrift store or another person? Maybe D'Lo is in need of some hiking gear since it's been about 10 years since he's been on the trail outside of Boulder. <laughs> is it L&T to take the forgotten treasures? <laughs> Please share your thoughts. Sincerely, Corn Nut. Corn Nut. I, well, <laughs> well, Mr. Corn Nut, I personally think it's completely fine to take the treasures. <laughs> and I don't even think you need to donate them. I think you can keep them. <laughs> Ooh, um, that's an interesting yeah I, I, I would agree and in fact if you happen to find a micro spike size like the large size <laughs> um just let me know because i found one of those on a trail once and i have yet to find like a nice match to it uh so it's just taking up room in my gear drawer right now so bod you found um, a number of things yeah I, I have actually found trekking poles i gave those to a friend because they were way too short for me um <laughs> They expand, you know, trekking poles. No, yeah, these are fully expanded. <laughs> they were way too short. Um, you know, I today I found a pair of sleeves, but I'm fairly certain they were not there when I started my hike. And so I was like, mm, I think these belong to somebody who's hiked up after me, so they might see them. Um, so I left them. You know, like those like running sleeves. And I was like, oh, these yeah. are nicer than the ones I have. I kind of want these, but. I think I, I left them, but um, mm. yeah, I found yeah, I a think, few things. I think in situations where like that, where you, you you're pretty sure the person is somewhere and they're gonna come back down the trail, I think it's yeah, you know, you can leave them. But like for the most part, I feel like the the stuff at the trailhead is just gonna be there forever, or until yeah. someone takes it, or until someone throws it away. So I, I mean, agree. I think take it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because a lot of people obviously will, if you will can take, find someone, but a lot of people take stuff that they find along the trail and just drop it there. So you never really know. Uh, I know. That thing could have been sitting there for like uh, an hour or a week. Yeah. Um, but I think to kind of sort of what POD was saying, like if you are on your way up and you see that there's stuff and it's been left there. And then you come down at the end of the day, especially if it's like a long hike or something and and that stuff's still there. I feel like it's kind of fair game. Yeah. And as and like if you find something and carry it down the trail, I don't even really feel like you're obligated to leave it there at the trailhead in case somebody comes along. Right. I mean, I see that at at, at a lot of uh trailheads where it's like it it seems like stuff just gets left there. And mm -hmm. if you think about the fact that most of the people that are going to that trailhead are driving an hour plus to get there to, to use that trail, they are not going back for I will say that for Disco, maybe one gator. Yeah, Disco and I, we did a hike in the Sangres a couple of oh, years ago. I and know. then we soaked our feet in the creek. And it was a little ways away from the parking area. And there's probably maybe 
two visitors per day to this trailhead. I don't know. There's not yeah. that many people. But we went down there to soak our feet and we left our trekking poles down by the water. But this was away from anywhere anybody would have seen them. Both and set. we got home and we were like, oh, yeah. We were like, we left our poles. And then we we're like, well, you know, it's kind of time for some new poles. And then we went online to see how much it would cost to replace those particular <laughs> poles. Yep. And Disco drove back down there the next day, an hour each way to get our poles. <laughs> yeah, it was more like an hour and 15 each way. And they were laying right where we left them, right beside the stream. You know, yeah. this gets me thinking, like, what's the most, um, what's the most, what's the best thing you all have found either on trail or at a trailhead? I found a GPS unit on the CDT. Yeah, I was thinking about that CDT 06. Brand new. And it was brand new, no information on it. There was no way to contact the owner. Yep. I found trekking poles uh, a couple of times, actually, um, including some leckies once. I found some leckies, and it was one of those deals, and this is a long time ago, actually, where I was on my way up and saw them, and then on the way down, I took them. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've yeah, I found, I found a I found full beer. set of full set of micro spikes, not just one. Oh, <laughs> nice! Very Ooh. much annoy me. I found a bag of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the CDD in Glacier, which I took a, and ate. A bag of yeah, it had like four pe peanut butter and jelly. It's like one of those gallon bags. Oh, I feel man. like there was a family somewhere that was really sad that day. Like their yeah. kids were probably really mad. Their their parents had dropped this bag of sandwiches. You know, POD and I were hiking this this crazy quote unquote trail in Kauai one time oh, um, yeah. up, up this river to get to a waterfall. And I found a machete. There was no trail. There was no trail, but I found a random machete stuck. <laughs> like someone had like obviously like whacked it into a tree and there was nobody around. And it was, I don't know, it was kind of a nice machete. So I grabbed it and... I think like within five minutes, the owner of the machete came from behind us and was- No, walking. that's not what happened. Yeah, we no, he, we, I gave he it back come, to him. He did come from behind us, but we had turned around. We gave up, we abandoned the we hike. We gave up, we did. Because it was uh, a little more than we us. bargained for. I think what happened was he caught up to the spot where he had left the machete and there was no machete and he was like, oh damn. And so he started booking down the- the jungle to try to find whoever it was that took the machete and he was like hey did you guys find a machete and we're like yeah actually we did i can't believe anyone was out there because we were i know the trail was gone like we were just kind crazy of, anyway uh, i did find when i was hiking the colorado trail um me and me and dave t were crossing uh oh gosh copper mountain the ski area and i kid you not like we're crossing a ski run and it looks like someone had dropped a bag of Halloween candy right on the trail. And there was no less than like 40 pieces of candy. And we looked at each other and we decided to go back and forth picking candy. So he'd pick one, I'd pick one. He'd <laughs> and like, I bet I ate all 20 pieces that I, I got over the next like five minutes. I just, you know, sugar rush. It was good. Yep. There's no razor blades in that candy either. So I think what we're saying, corn nut, is take the things because yep. they're just going to get left question? behind. Oh, he want to know if he should take them or leave them, huh? Yeah. yeah. I think take them. I mean, I ask people if I find something on trail, I ask people I pass, hey, is this, did you guys lose a trekking pole or whatever? Yep. But yeah, yeah. 
beyond that, I think take it. You know, I went up, um, I went up a 14 or a few days ago and I found a one liter water bottle that was mostly full and it was a, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I, I was, I, I could see some people up ahead of me and that, so it was Tabawatch, watch and you can go up to Shabano from, from the top of Tabawatch. watch, but it adds like two hours to the hike. So I was like, Oh, this probably belongs to those people. And they're maybe they're planning on doing the traverse and they need this water. So I was like trying to catch up, which is very difficult when you're up high, you know, but I did finally catch up with them. And I was like, I got, is this your water bottle? And they're like, no. And I was like, damn it. So anyway, I just poured it out and packed it out, but yeah. Pour it out, pack it out. I thought I was going to be the big hero, but I was just a big zero. <laughs> is that all we had for ask a hiker was one question. That is all yeah, we have. All right. So that means that we're going to have to do trip reports again this month. It's either two ask a hiker or one okay, and trip reports. Fine. So. P.U.D., I think you've done three 14ers in the last week. Um, do you want to start us off? Sure. I've done three 14ers in the last week. <laughs> Would you? Awesome. Disco, I think you're next. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'll be last. You guys go next. I need to think about um, whatever I may or may not have done. P.O.D., did you want to expand on your, your <laughs> yours at all? Did. Okay, I, I did shot. I did table watch from the back side, from the Denny Creek side, because I like that way. And I did it with Cat. Actually, she's gone up Chavano like seven times trying to get table watch, and she never makes it because she always goes out drinking the night before, and then she gets up there late, can't can't get over. Um, and I did Chavano today, and then last week I did um, my favorite, one of my favorites, which is Antero from the Little Browns Creek side. Um, mm -hmm. that was my first one and that's like 15 miles. Um, and it, it definitely, um, even though I've been doing a lot of running and hiking, it's different to do 5,000 feet all at once and at elevation and with some snow, you know, travel involved. So it's a little more tiring is what I've. Didn't you pull out your ice axe at some point? <laughs> thought? I did. Yeah. On the connecting Ridge, I did pull out my ice axe. Um, Wow. I don't know that it was absolutely necessary, but I always go by what um, Jean Paviard, our, our ISAX trainer, told us, which was you don't judge the decision to pull out the ISAX or not based on how you feel on the snow, but based on what would happen if I were to slide here. So yep. the, the consequences were pretty bad if you took a <laughs> slide there, and I didn't want to be that person that fell with the ice axe strapped to the back of their pack. So I was like, eh. yeah, if you're going to be found, if you're ever going to be found dead with an ice axe, make sure it's in your hand, not right. on your pack. Exactly. Yeah. So I did, I, yeah, I did get it out for the, for the connecting ridge. Um, but that's, if anyone's ever in Colorado and you're acclimatized, the little Browns Creek hike up Antero is such a different experience from hiking the standard route. And it's just so mm -hmm. pretty back there. It was, it was a lovely day thoroughly enjoyed it wow nice and i saw i saw one person who had come up the standard route and then i saw one person when i was going back down nice i have run some trails around Tallahassee. hey that's that's all i got too triple i've run some trails near the house that's it man but i did i did have for the first time in my life in tallahassee an alligator 
stuck in our driveway, basically. Our, the road to our house was blocking what? the road, just sitting there. Would not let my cousin get away from our house. What do you do in that? Did, did you end up having to wrestle it? Um, I, you know, I didn't wrestle it, but I did end up driving my car as close to it as possible. And it would hiss and like growl at it and like move like half an inch. And eventually I was able to like bully it off the side of the road so that it would at least be off the road. Um, but it was so a you pretty said, So you said you were harassing some wildlife. Yes, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was really trying to get it off the road and <laughs> into the, away from the view of my neighbors who are much more likely than I am to be like an alligator, let's shoot it and eat it. So <laughs> <laughs> how big <laughs> was me, it, man? It was a solid like seven foot gator. I mean, it was like no Ooh. joke. It wasn't like a giant one, but it wasn't, it was not one you would, you would casually walk up close to and not fear for Whoa. losing man. a What was that photo of you and your significant other in a car and a huge alligator right was that that's was it okay okay that's the one we were moving in closer to try and nudge it out of the road bully in it yeah wow. well i know wild. special went on a trip to the hospital i did Ooh, do tell i did i finally went in and got my sinus surgery i've been dealing with a sinus infection since the beginning of february and Finally, at long last, uh, actually a week ago today, I went in and uh, they rotorootered me out, did a little mm. bit of renovation of, uh, <laughs> of one of my sinuses, and uh, yeah, um, vacuumed out a bunch of gunk, and I'm wow. feeling pretty good. Um, still, you know, some healing to be done, but not really taking pain meds, haven't taken any pain meds today, and uh, and a big relief from all of the the pressure and discomfort that i've been just that's awesome living with that's fantastic yeah. so i'm happy for you special this is this is Great. good you've got sinus and vaccine freedom and you could just run through the streets right now and go crazy just go crazy Man, i'm you can I'm do ready. so much cocaine right now I was just gonna say, uh, I'm so ready for the whoring 20s. I'm vaccinated. I'm, uh, I, I've got uh, huge nasal cavities to be able to do all sorts of, of blow. So bring on the hookers and blow. I'm ready for the whoring 20s. The whoring 20s. Oh, all right. Gosh, maybe, you know, I'm sure glad that I forgot to email back uh, the, the woman at work who I guess we're, we're going to have like, I'm going to be in there a little uh monthly newsletter about company stuff and then they feature an employee sometimes and i forgot to email her back uh a photo of me doing something outside but then she wanted to know more about the trail show uh -oh. so, pretty uh not safe for work adjacent over here <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh y'all y'all might tune in and hear stuff that uh, uh worlds collide a little, right. little little edgy for a professional world right you know i was on a i was i'm doing some contract work for for colorado state parks this year and i was on a zoom call and the park manager knew about the show and um i wasn't really expecting Whoa. it. yeah and it was kind of weird like there's there's like professional me and there's trail show me and there's like other 
you know, little boxes and baskets that don't necessarily cross over. And it's a, it's a bit strange when worlds collide like that special. So my, my it's, recommendation is don't, don't send them a link, man. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm like, well, you know, you got, it's fine if you know about it, if you really want to know more about it, I suppose, listen, but maybe don't. Yeah. Cause yeah. we get a little, I mean, just take a look at the tagline before you press right, play on exactly. an episode. That's you right. Know, it's beers, trails, and nonsense. So just know what you're getting into. We're oh, bringing boy. the nonsense and we're bringing it heavy. Yeah. And we've got more nonsense for you after we take this last break. We've actually got a tent steak review from a listener. So do not I like this. And we got to follow up on our friend. That's right. Oh, we got to find out what happens in the saga. Yeah. So don't, I know. Does, don't does go anywhere. Hi, this is Tomato, and I never listen to The Trail Show. All right, folks, we are back. We need to find out what happened to Hooch in the saga as he marches to the sea. What's up, Trail Show? Hooch here again with another episode of the continuing misadventures of Chim Chim. I made it to the beach. Yeah. And my current situation is halfway done, and... I think this is where the day takes a turn into the type two category. <laughs> so I'm only halfway done. Oh. Stay tuned. <laughs> I thought I thought the so wait was he the made it to the point. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I thought he I thought the beach was the I guess he said the pier though so so I guess yeah, it's maybe, maybe he goes a to the walk beach and then to walk the beach the and beach. then to the pier. Well, at least he's Ooh. at the beach. Do we know? Do, is that it? That's all. That's it. That's Who, all we got. Hooch, come did on, the, man. Did the ocean take him? <laughs> he could be. A, who knows what happened to him? Only Hooch knows. Oh, my gosh, Hooch. You got to let us know. Yeah, come on, dude. You can't leave us hanging like that. Or if anybody knows what happened to Hooch, let us know. This, this Was mystery. there anyone arrested uh, in Southern California for mud falcons? <laughs> <laughs> From a taco truck? <laughs> From a taco Anyone, anyone whose whose uh, words uh, while being arrested where the trail show made me do it, anything like that. <laughs> no, don't, S- don't, don't send bring- any headlines. <laughs> let us know. Up, uh, did we have another nonsense? We do have one more. One more. Here we go. Okay. Hey now, <laughs> Beth Sweats over here. Hey, I'm going to tell you about a new type two kind of fun. Uh-oh. Go camping. With a toddler and a one and a half year old. Clean living when there's no boundaries. Don't we all want that, right? Or no boundaries. Go where you like. <laughs> Peace and love. We don't listen to the trail show. So it doesn't even doesn't even matter. Just sons of guns. Hey now. Peace and love. <laughs> bad, bad sweats. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Their sweats sounded a little traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sound like might have been type three fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Just for good measure, can we hear that clip from Grandma Gatewood uh, one more time? 
Oh, absolutely. My name is Grandma Gatewood, and I never listen to the trail show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing that she, uh, she didn't find work as a voice actor. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, boy. That's how I imagine the voice of the old lady in Hansel and Gretel that lives in the forest. Very like, much so, yeah. Like that's what I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely got like a, a crazy witch in the woods kind of a vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just I'll say this: we actually learned recently who does that voice. We're not going to give it away, but no, nope. you would never, ever, ever imagine that voice goes with the person that makes that yeah. voice. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we had a tent steak review. Oh, yes. From a listener, but first, from... let's rock out. Oh, yeah. All right, get it, get it, get it, get it. I need so that, was, that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, who who sent us Jeff uh, Healy? Jeff Healy sent me a ten stake usage because I asked him what what which specific ten stake he used for this particular project, and he said it was just a cheapy. He couldn't name a specific stake. Come on, we need um, details. He used. I, 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 I like this. Photo. I think this is like yeah. a plus for creativity here. Yeah. yeah. So his shoe blew out. And he used some some uh, hot pink pea cord, mm. and he used the tent stake as a giant sewing needle what? to yeah. sew the sole of the shoe up to where the laces cross. At oh, the top. I see. So yeah, if you, the, uh, if you look at the if you look at the picture, uh, yeah, you can tell. That, so he actually shoved the tent stake through the sole of the yes. of the shoe. Uh, and then, yeah, use the actual eyelets of the uh, the shoe to like reattach it. So it's like adding an extra, some some extra support out there. And mm-hmm. I gotta say, super clever. Yeah, yeah. Super we'll, we'll clever. yeah. and that could definitely get you a, a ways. That could get you a yeah. ways to get to your next shoe. That's gonna get you a lot farther. I, I think. I think than, an uh, added. Than, uh, um, tape. I think an added stitching with dental floss on the actual tear would be really solid too. Well, I mean, I mean, how much time do you really have to yeah, spend true. on this? Yeah, are we? Because you know? that that looks like that, that honestly looks like you like he probably could have done that in like ten minutes. Yeah, totally. You know, and been walking yeah. again. Yeah. And I would submit that he deserves Mr. Healy deserves a bonus for having pea cord that is hot pink. I told him the same thing. Fully I, approve. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen yeah. that before, but I do like it. I do mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Okay. It helps highlight his excellent sewing skills. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I believe this is the part of the show where the show ends. So the terminal points. The terminal point of <laughs> show 107 has been reached. You've reached the terminus. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big ups goes to Jacob Iron Triangle Deutsch for talking to us about his hike of the New England Trail. Big thanks goes to Trail Show Nation for tonight's summer brews. We've been enjoying those as the show has gone on. And thanks goes to our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a koozie 
for that summer beer and some stickers right now by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show or by clicking the paypal button at the trail show.com you can always find us at the trail show.com hi pod <laughs> you're right over there <laughs> we're on twitter at trail show we're on nc and facebook at the trail show we just launched our first nft over OpenSea.io. check that out we're on the Stitcher nobody's app. bought that thing yet no it's a, the price is a little high as it turns out we're gonna have to work uh, on that we're also on the stitcher app google podcast apple podcast and of course on spotify and our only fans is coming soon only fans is on yes, the way trail as show is only fans trail show tiktok also <laughs> on the way we've got um we're on twitch we, we do a lot mm-hmm. of gaming gaming on Twitch. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll actually be doing a live stream of that Trails card game in a few weeks. Uh, you're going to want to tune in for that. Smash that like button. Smash the like and button. And it's going to be, we're going to play the card game, the parks game, but it's going to be nude parks. It's like Well, it'll start closed, but then, right. yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. All bets are off. Another trail show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in July for our post-Independence Day Spectacular that is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, Special 41, Triple O, Jacob Iron Triangle Deutsch, and D-Lo on the East Coast, I'm Disco. Ciao. Okay, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye now. And don't forget, smash the like button. Smash hit the, it. Hit the notification bell. Hit the subscribe button. And whatever Be sure else. to stop by our store to pick up some sweet merch yeah you can find us on etsy we've got ebay we're on reddit we're on the forums we've got a a, a community supported agriculture coming at you next week we've got a csa Uh, program uh, zoner zoner is going to be setting that up for us uh so you won't even have to say hello to the veggie checkout they're just going to come to you We've got a monthly subscription um, situation, so you can get a different sticker each month for the next 36 mm-hmm. months for the small sum yeah. of around 2,400 Ethereum. And, and don't forget about also, the frozen yogurt franchises that are yogurt coming back. Trail Show Yogurt. We're not talking about that quite yet. Where that's right. still there's back, back okay. work to happen on that before we're ready for that. But the 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 monthly. Uh, tent steak uh, gift box Ooh. is is, is oh. almost ready. Yeah. It's a collection of all the found uh, tent steaks that we have from various uh, campgrounds and. Tr- it's going to be amazing, parks. folks. You're just going to get each month. You're going to get a random tent steak. You're you're never <laughs> yeah. going to know what Egg it is, of the month, if you will. where it came from, who steak found it, <laughs> who might have used it for what. It's the steak of the month box. Get in on the ground floor of this opportunity. That's to- right. All right, I'm going to hang out with Fidget. Okay, so you guys... Okay, tell her I said hello. I will. Bye. Bye. Bye now. I'm sure you could find plenty of dead things in the Connecticut River. Burn cortisol, not fossil fuels. I found a bag of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the CBD in Glacier. There's no razor blades in that candy either. If you're ever going to be found dead with an ice axe, make sure it's in your hand, not on your pack. Hello, Trail Show Nation! This is Miss Fidget. And Raccoon. 
And we are just finishing up Our Raccoon's very first backpacking trip. And so we wanted to take advantage of our time with the Trail Show Nation to interview Raccoon on her experiences. I, Miss Fidget, having been hiking inordinately too much in my life and having completely lost context of reality, count upon people like Raccoon here to keep things in context. Raccoon, you ready to be interviewed? Sure. Don't get too excited. All right, Raccoon. What was something that you were surprised at how hard it was? I would say going uphill, especially for the first time, it just felt like it took a lot more energy out of my system. Mm, And how did you feel going downhill on that cliff thing? Downhill seemed a lot easier, but it did seem a little more faster, which Mm -hmm. did make it a little dangerous, but it all worked out in the end. What was something that you found much easier than what you expected? I would say getting filtered water, especially for when we stopped to go camping. Getting filtered water was fun and easy. Hashtag sponsored by Sawyer Water Filters. Thank you for that experience. What was the other question I was going to ask you? I forgot already. I don't know. I do... Kind of. Oh, look at these cute the ferns. How hairy they are. Hairy. Hairy ferns. Sorry for that hairy fern interlude. Okay. Um, what is advice that you would give to other first-time backpackers? Um, use a walking stick on high or like down, going up and downhill. It should. It helps with your balance. Also, if when you're camping out in your tent and you hear noises like the creek or other weird noises, try and familiarize them for something that you're very, that you know, so that way your brain will think it's that and be able to get to sleep easier. Can you give me an example of what and how you did that? When I was in the tent, the creek was going on and there were all sorts of weird noises. So I familiarized the creek with a washing machine or a dishwasher from my house and that made me feel much more safe and comfortable. And a totally leading question here in one of our conversations on our last foot soaking along the bridges break, we were talking about getting to camp out in the Aspen Grove last night, about the river type place. And what was that that you had said about arriving there with your backpack? How did it feel? It felt amazing because, you know, you're just, if you don't bring a backpack, say for instance, and you're just doing a hike for fun to camp out, it doesn't feel as glorious as you would want because with a backpack, it makes everything worth it and more earned and deserved Mm. from your hard work. I love that answer and you know it. Thank you for coming backpacking with me, Raccoon. Any closing thoughts for our brothers and sisters and sisters and misters and everybody in the Trail Show Nation? Oh, there's a bunch of people coming. Anyway, um, any final thoughts? No. All right. Ready to go home? Yes. You have some avocado on the tip of your nose. Oh.